Welcome back to LMB Podcast. We have five generations in the workplace today. Isn't that wild? That means there are so many diverse experiences, stories, and perspectives that can contribute to the team. We have the privilege today to speak with one of our millennial team members, Connor O'Rourke, a former LEMT turned project engineer who acts as the bridge between our seasoned employees and those just joining us. His take on what's working in this organization, the LEMT program, and how new grads can contribute to and learn from those around them brings insight into how these five workplace generations can make the most of our collaboration and communication. I'm your host, Katie Mystery from Learning and Engagement. Let's get started, shall we? Connor, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Katie. So you're not so new to the company anymore. You joined us uh, in what year? It was 2018, so it's been a little over two years at this point. Okay, okay. And what made you decide to join Limbach a few years ago as an LEMT? Well, coming out of college, I wasn't really positive what I wanted to go into. I was a mechanical engineering major, and mechanical engineering is a very broad field. Yeah. Um, Construction was interesting to me. So I was kind of leaning towards that. But when I came in and interviewed with Limbach for the position, they really emphasized that the LEMT program kind of can allow you to go wherever you want within the industry. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, they give you any path possible that you could imagine uh, within the industry. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was kind of very attractive to me as someone who wasn't really decided on my career path yet. Yeah, It allowed me to it, it kept the future opening, kind of extended my window of deciding what I wanted to do. So that yeah. was something that really stood out to me in the interview process. Yeah. And, and knowing a little bit about that program myself, I've always thought the premise of it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you get to move around to different departments, different roles. And at the end of the day, you get to decide, you know, where you want to be. And, and I think there's a lot of power in that. And as a college grad, it, it is definitely appealing. Is, is that actually how it is though i mean has that kind of played out or what's your experience been well i think from talking to other lemts at different branches Mm -hmm. um i think that my path was a little atypical Mm -hmm. um some other branches they'll have multiple lemts on at the same time Mm -hmm. and they'll kind of all alternate which department they're in i was the only lemt brought on at our branch at the time okay and um it was kind of a need based where they stuck me is whichever department needed me the most at the time. They're like, all right, we're gonna we're, we're gonna put you here because uh, it was at a really busy time with the company. Yeah. But they they still gave me a lot of leeway and before sticking me working with anybody asked, Do you wanna swap? Are you happy where you are? Um and I actually went through two departments before I landed where I currently am because uh you know, it was a good fit. I liked yeah. what I was working on, who I was working with. And they asked me, like, do you want to keep moving around? Or do you want to stay where you are? And I said, I'll, I'll stay here. I'm happy. Where and are then, you right now? What department? Uh, operations. So okay. m- mainly new construction. We do some service type jobs, but yeah. ma- mainly new construction. Okay, nice. So if you were to change the LEMT program, would you? Are there changes you would make? Um. No, I mean, I think it was a really good, I was in it for about a little over a year. I was mm-hmm. technically in the program 
And I think it was a really good year. It was very productive. The only thing I kind of wish had happened a little differently is maybe if there had been another LENT at our branch. Yeah. So it's someone else you're kind of working through all these different, these new experiences with. Because uh, they they actually, they did a good job of putting me in contact with LENTs around the country. There was a call that I would get on. I think it was monthly where we would kind of just share our experiences, talk about what we're learning. Oh, awesome. Um, and we learned a lot. They'd have like different people within the company come on and teach us about the, the mechanical field. Mm-hmm. But it would have been nice to have somebody local. But I, I, I mean, I understand that it was it was need based per per the company. They didn't need <laughs> right, more right. than one college grad. So I can right. wish for it all I want, but it's uh, ultimately that's not up to me. <laughs> it worked out the way it was supposed to in the end. So um, I've also heard in some places that there's a preference to being called project engineer instead of LEMT because my understanding is that your peers all graduate from college and they start in project engineer roles. Is is that the case for you? Have you heard that? Um, I mean, I definitely got a lot of uh, my email signature was LEMT or my business card yeah. was LEMT and other companies don't know what that is. And right. they're kind of like, who are you? What is your role? Like, what are you doing? For this <laughs> who company? are you? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that was the only thing really, but I mean, the thing is, is that the, the way the LMT program was explained to me was that you could even end up not even being a project engineer. Right. You know, yeah. If, if, if you took interest in the sketching department, you might become uh, a BIM coordinator, you know? So I think yeah, putting the point. title project engineer might be putting a label on you too soon mm. and it, it, it might kind of limit your exploration, but uh, it definitely did create some interesting conversations of people trying to figure out what my role was with the company. Actually, maybe that's a good thing because it opens up that door to conversation and relationship building. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it uh, people definitely asked me and the best yeah. way I could explain was a trainee, you know, right. Up, right. But. And then that's actually a good transition because my next question for you is about like how, you know, you came in from college and that's just a transitional life stage in and of itself. Um, and you're learning a lot. So trainee is kind of a good explanation of what that first year, the first few years, um, looked like for you, but what has been the biggest learning curve for you coming from the college atmosphere into the workplace? Uh, I mean, you mentioned it earlier about business relationships and kind of starting mm-hmm. the conversation with people and whatnot. I think that was the biggest adjustment is that especially in, I was in school for engineering, everything you do is numbers, equations, you know, it's mm, not, it's not yeah. real life and it's just a lot of theory. Uh, and then coming into the construction industry, it's really a people's business. You know, it's all yeah. about who you know, who, who likes you, who doesn't like you, that type of thing. Mm, and yeah. it's, it's, that goes a long way. And as a young kid coming into the company, it's, it's kind of a, you're thrown into it and it's a lot of people that you're meeting right away and you need to try to make impressions on because those relationships, it, these might be people I'm working with for the next 20, 30, 40 years, you know, especially yeah. in Philly, the, uh, the industry, it's, it's a big industry, obviously, because it's a pretty big city, mm-hmm. but it seems like a small industry because I feel like my bosses know every single person in the mechanical industry, you know, like that, that they all have relationships that go back wow. 20, 30 years. Cool. So I'm just meeting them, but it's, uh, it's interesting to think about working with these people for essentially my entire life if I 
<laughs> remain yeah. in the industry, you know. Yeah, and that that is, I think, a testament to the construction and service industry that we work in because it's something um, – I know at least for me, when I was coming out of school, I didn't know too much about it. But um, as soon as I got into it and I was like, wow, people, you've been here for 30 plus years. That is a testimony to this company. And then to the longevity of the industry too. And it just, it meant a lot to me because here you have people going into tech companies or other, you know, like software based um, industries and their maximum time there is like five years. Yeah. So yeah, we jumping have, all around and everything. Exactly, but. jumping all around. And I think, you know, one of the one of the most difficult things for me though, I because I remember feeling a similar way, like in all of that, and like I want to make a good impression, want to make sure I'm building relationships. Um, and maybe you can resonate with me here, but public service announcement to all non millennials, not every generation Y or <laughs> knows everything there is to know about technology. I feel like that was the biggest misconception when I entered. People would be like, um, how do I do this? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely uh definitely the tech guy around the office or yeah. some of the people who have been there longer and um, yeah. constantly running around and helping that. So it's yeah. <laughs> uh it, it is interesting and there's a lot of like you said, there's a lot of people who've been doing this their entire lives and mm-hmm. know a lot of stuff in the industry. Yes. Know a lot of people. So it can be kind of uh, intimidating coming into that and knowing nothing. So it's been, think, uh, it's been interesting. Do you think college prepared you well for that? Or is it more of a personality, like some some personality types are just going to thrive in this environment? Definitely definitely the latter. Um, I mean, I had like the professional growth courses in college mm-hmm. where they teach you how to write a resume. They teach you how to interview. They teach you yeah. how to exist in a professional setting. Um, even to the point where they talk about what, to, what you can, what you can't wear to work, depending on mm. your business's, uh, dress policy. But it, it really is a lot more than that. And I think that's been the biggest thing is just these, these relationships and mm-hmm. talking to people. And ultimately it's, it's, you're working for a lot of people, these people are working for you. And mm-hmm. if you don't have a good relationship with them, the project's going to be a lot harder to get done in a timely yeah. manner and, and smoothly. So it's, it's, uh, it's been a big adjustment from college, I would say, because yeah. like I said, college is equations and that's it. At least, <laughs> at least as an engineer, that was my experience. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think it's definitely more theoretical and here it's all applied. So you got to figure out how to, how to apply it, apply what you've learned. Do you think, you know, being classified and called out as a millennial, um, helps or hurts your professional work experience and interactions? I would definitely say it's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, like we talked about, construction in general, is it, it's a weird mix of very a very old-fashioned industry, mm-hmm. but also innovative because obviously you need to stay innovative as new technologies are created and new ways of building a, a building, essentially. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm along, but it's very old fashioned in terms of kind of the way things work out in the field and the relationships among the different trades and, and workers. So the mm-hmm. biggest thing I, I deal with in that is um, I look very young. Mm-hmm. And so going out to a job site, the guys in the company know me. And I mean, they're always kind of picking on me for being yeah. a kid. Everyone calls you kid. <laughs> right. and same thing. I, I know the apprentices that go through the trade get mm-hmm. the same thing. There are some apprentices that are like, 
in the mid thirties yeah. and all the older guys still call him kid, you know, and it's, <laughs> they it's gotta like earn a, their stripes. It's that exactly. kind of mindset. Yeah. It's kind of like a respect thing. And with, with the guys in the company, they all know me. We have our own relationship. So it's a little different mm-hmm. and it's more just jokes. But when I meet kind of a superintendent on the project for the first time, I feel like a lot of the time they don't look at me with any type of respect because right. I look young. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of a, I need to prove to them that I know what I'm doing in the role. Yeah. And even then, sometimes you can try to prove as much as you can. And a lot of guys will just look at you and because you're young, just assume you don't know anything about the industry. Yeah, true. Um, so that, that's been kind of hard. But at the same time, I think that the younger generations and the older generations kind of have very different mindsets and the way that they attack certain issues. Mm-hmm. So I think it can definitely be beneficial to have some of those young minds around because sometimes just just the way your brain fires is a little bit different and you might be able to think of a a different solution or even just you know it's it's just kind of a a different perspective on on certain issues yeah it's uh it's been a little bit of both I've, I've seen that too. And I've seen and heard from even some branch managers that we've talked to on these podcasts or um, team leaders that they've said, you know, the more diverse um, backgrounds and experience that we bring onto a team, the more successful that team can, could be. And one of those diverse qualifications to them was um, age too, because you're coming in with a fresh perspective and you're not, how about this? You're not jaded. Um, whereas you could see a lot, a lot of people who've been in the industry or been working for a long time. There's this, just this level of complacency where when you're, you're just starting out, you're on fire. You're like, let's do this. Let's have it. What if we try this? Or how about this? Have you guys considered this issue and solution? So I I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, it's definitely a different mindset, but, um, in, in the field is more so where I feel like the, the, the young look or being a being a younger person can kind of negatively affect you at least at first well, if, if you at go first. out there and, and you really prove yourself to these guys then they'll respect you the way they respect anybody else you know once you can prove that you know what they're doing but i mean the field guys are experts in what they do and yes a lot of them are doing it for a long time and they know everything there is to know about steam fitting or plumbing or whatever you're doing out there so sometimes it takes a while to kind of earn that respect with them where mm-hmm. they realize that you kind of know what you're talking about. So is that the attitude then that you kind of come into that relationship with? Like, Hey, I'm here to learn from you. Like I bring this experience, but I, I want to learn with you and from you. Is that kind of how you approach this, the situation? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think I probably learn the most when I'm out in the field yeah. from my foreman talking mm-hmm. to these guys and, um, most of them look at you as a young kid and, and realize and say, you know, obviously, as long as you show them you're trying to learn, yeah. realize that he's trying to learn everything he can. And there have been a bunch of our foremen that have kind of tried to take me under their wing in terms That's of awesome. uh, learning the mechanical trade. And when I'm there, they'll, they'll run and they'll point something out to me. Hey, have you ever seen one of these? Have you ever seen this done like that? And explain to me kind of how it works, why they did it that way. And uh, wow. it, it's a, any time I go to a job site, it's a really great learning experience because we have a really good group of guys out in the field mm-hmm. and all of them just want to teach and want people around them to kind of know why they're doing it, what they're doing, and, and they take pride in their work. So it's uh, mm. it's that that's probably been my favorite part of the job so yeah. far in the two years is, is doing these site visits and learning from these guys because it's, uh, it's, it's a lot different than what you learn in school. Yeah, that's invaluable. Wow. 
So we're going to take a quick break from this this debrief and do something equally as fun. Um, I have a question for you that comes from a segment we do on the podcast called Tell Me Something Good. And it's it's as simple as it sounds. Um, I'm going to give you a loose category or prompt and you just have to tell me, you know, the best thing that's happened to you in relation to that prompt. So for example, I could say, tell me something good that happened to you in 2020. <laughs> now that, that might be a hard one because yeah, that's a hard one for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but my, my prompt for you is a little bit different. So you ready? Yep. Tell me something Tell me something good that you could never live without. It could be a person, place, or thing. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, it, it, it would definitely be hard to uh, narrow down to one thing or person, but I would say, I mean, we've been talking about relationships so much oh. on this podcast. I would just say all personal relationships. Yeah. From family to my girlfriend to my friends to my pets to everything. It's just kind yeah. of like a... I feel like the people you surround yourself with are who define who you are and how you exist. So I, I feel like that's, uh, it's kind of, especially after going through college and all these years of growing up and whatnot, the people you surround mm-hmm. yourself with really, uh, really morph you. So I think taking those people would change me, who I am to the core. So That's awesome. That's a great answer. I just love, um, to hear what makes people joyful and what, you know, some of the good things that are in their lives. Cause I think sometimes we get so caught up on, you know, what's, what's not working. Um, and so it's encouraging to hear the good in someone's life and relationships is way up there for me too. That's definitely like, I could not live without that. So thank you for, um, sharing that, um, back to, back to business and, but it's, but it's still related. And you kind of talked to this a little bit um, just a few minutes ago, but has anyone specifically partnered with you or mentored you in getting to where you are now? Um, I would say it's it's a group of people within the company, both mm-hmm. office and field. Yeah. And uh, in the office, once I landed in the department I'm currently in, in operations, uh, every project engineer LMT is paired with a project manager mm-hmm. okay. and um, who I was paired with. And it's, you're essentially their direct assistant. And yeah. I think honestly, probably the experience you have as an LEMT probably really depends on who you're paired with and how they are as a teacher and how they are as um, your boss, essentially, yeah. kind of how, the, how they treat you. And uh, I've really learned a lot about the ins and outs of the industry, uh, more so than actual trade work but kind of just like what your role is as a project manager mm-hmm. and um really learned a lot under the pm I, i've been working for uh it, he's given me a, a pretty long leash in terms of kind of not sitting over my shoulder and making sure everything's done the way he wants it and mm-hmm. kind of saying hey i need you to address this i need you to tackle this issue can you look at it can you and send it back to me and then we would sit down and talk about it and that kind of allowed me to grow into the role I'm currently in um, mm-hmm. because it's, it's kind of, it's, it's not just somebody morphing to do everything the way they want you to. Wow. And then like we talked about in the field, of course, all these guys, because yeah. going, going to school for engineering is very different than going to trade school. Yeah. And I don't know how to do any of the stuff they do with their hands. Um, 
and even going out there and watch them doing it here and then talk about it. That doesn't mean I could sit there and weld right, the pipe right. or do anything like that. Um, Different skills. So, but, but them explaining it all to me kind of makes it all click in my head. And there's a couple of foremen specifically in my mind right now that really go above and beyond to walk me through a job and, and point stuff out to me. So mm-hmm. I've always appreciated that. Yeah. So is that relationship building, um, is, is that what keeps you here at this company or are there things you feel like you have yet to learn or do? Yeah. I mean, every day I'm in the office or out in the field, I'm learning something. Um, mm-hmm. I think what really keeps me with Limbach is obviously I've enjoyed my two years, but yeah. one thing that I really appreciate is that the branch manager really lays out um, a career path depending mm-hmm. on what yes, department you're in critical. and the professional growth is very clear. You know, I'm never sitting there asking questions or saying, what's my role here and where mm-hmm. is this going? I don't feel like I'm stuck in a position that I don't want to be in. Um, and it's a very transparent process. They yeah. talk, you talk a lot with your managers about professional growth and what your goals should be. And every quarter we set, um, rocks, which are just quarterly goals. Um, yeah. and then at the end of the quarter, you sit down and review whether you, you met them or not. If you didn't, is there, are you missing a resource? Do you need help? What, what do you need to get there? And it's kind of, uh, I think that's, really big for a company because I, I I know other people who are working in positions where they're kind of not sure where it's mm-hmm. going. So yeah. having that laid out in front of you is kind of nice. And it, uh, it definitely keeps me here because it, it keeps you motivated. You always have your eye on that next. Yeah. And you're kind of working towards <laughs> it. It's like dangling the carrot in front of you. So you're, yep. you're running after it. It keeps you motivated. I, I feel that too. It's, def- it's nice to be able to see like, okay, the company believes in me and there's, there's enough structure, um, where we can still get things done, but look into the future and say, okay, well, here's where we're going with what we're getting done today. Exactly. I think also too, something that has, has dawned on me a little bit more recently is the, um, size of the company, mm-hmm. how we're all over the country and there's a lot of resources being a corporation you know, there's a lot of contractors in Philly that are small, like mom and pop shops yeah. that they only have one or two PMs and they only do projects that are under a certain dollar amount and they don't really uh, get into huge work. Whereas I feel like at Limbox, because of our national backing and because of the size of the corporation, it's kind of like the sky's the limit in, term of pro- in terms of projects. Yeah, um, true. And in terms of growth, it's like... Uh, you could go and work for a smaller company and your growth through the company might go quicker. Like you might move up faster, but there's going to be a lower ceiling. Whereas here, I feel like the ceiling's pretty high and uh, yeah. there's all, all types of national resources that you can reference and that can help you through that. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a great um, recruiting, not just a retention kind of issue for us because we're able to say, hey, if you want to go to Southern California and work, we got something there for you. Or if you want to go down to Florida, we got something there for you too. So it's definitely one of those nice things that uh, we could say to peers like this. There's a lot of places you could go and a lot of backing that you do have wherever you are. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, It kind of also gets to this next question that I had or this thought that I had for you about, um, you know, what would you tell, what do you think is critical for this company, for Limbach to learn about 
people coming out of college into the workforce? What should they know about this population in order to make sure that we are attracting the right talent from the right places? Um, I mean, I think it's just, uh, it's again, kind of just how now I guess it's Gen Z coming out of college, how mm-hmm. Gen Z's brains are just wired so differently. If, if it's because we grew up with technology in our lives from yeah. being a child or what it is, but people, the younger generation, and I see it even with kids younger than myself and people who are coming up through high school and college now, mm-hmm. um, are just it's a completely different mindset and i think uh it's it's really a different it's a lot of it's about communication type Mm -hmm. um i prefer to text or call you know a lot of the older guys prefer email or even i don't know if there's anyone at limbach like this but some of our subcontractors do everything by hand and they'll mail they'll mail us their paperwork still asking for signatures and whatnot instead of scanning it and faxing it Mm -hmm. So I think that that's kind of a, a like I said, I'm not sure if that's something Limbach really struggles with, but maybe the industry more so as a whole is that uh, there's a lot of different types of communication and different preferences. And that's something I've had to do is kind of learn like which people want a phone call, which people like an email, which people I can just text. Um, Yeah. Yeah, So that's something that it's like uh, coming out of college, it's, I know I, I interact with my peers and people mm-hmm. who are more similar in age to me a lot different than I would some of my bosses or right. some of the contractors. Communication wise, you're saying. Yeah, communication yeah. wise. And Just technology the, and yeah. The way you the way you do it. So it's the pandemic's actually made it a little bit more interesting though, because mm-hmm. obviously we're working from home as much as we can and there's a lot right. more Zoom calls and Google Hangouts and that type of thing. So even some of the more old fashioned guys have had to uh has kind of been forced to adjust to it. and uh, hmm. So we're uh, more like on an even playing field now, would you say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then what kind of, on the flip side, what would you tell new LAMTs or college grads who are coming in? Like what, what key success indicators would you share with someone um, who's joining the organization? Uh, really just to turn everything into a learning experience. Because mm, okay. um, when you first get hired, it's going to be a lot of kind of busy work, you know, whether yeah. it's uploading drawings, scanning drawings, just like kind of administrative stuff. Sometimes it'll just be as simple as someone will send this to you and say, distribute this to all of our subcontractors. And mm-hmm. what I kind of tried to do in my first couple of months before I started getting into more complicated stuff was I would try to review everything and turn it into a learning opportunity, even if it's not really presented as that. Mm. So if, I remember there's this one project where they had these old drawings from like 1962 that were hand drawn and it was like a roll of a hundred drawings and they're like, we need you to scan these in using our plotter. So they're digitized so we can look at them on the computer. And of of course no one else wants to do it. So they're going to give it to the (laughs) the guy who's only been here for a couple of months. Um, But so what I did is I I scanned them all in and then after they're scanned in, what I did is I sat there and actually, I went through each of the drawings and kind of tried to, understand how the system worked mm. and understand instead of just thoughtlessly scanning them through and sending them to whoever needed them i tried to take something out of it for myself mm-hmm. so i think that's kind of a big thing is don't don't just fly through the busy work and uh and not think about it. you know everything you should be reviewing you should be reading what your bosses are doing what your peers are doing and trying to figure out why they're doing it what they're doing it for what the point yeah. of it is 
because then that'll help you when, when you get to the point where they then start giving you these tasks to do instead of just having you kind of send mm-hmm. them out um it will it'll come easier to you because you'll understand it a little bit that's super meaningful so taking initiation yeah and the other thing is just ask a lot of questions um and everyone yeah. in the industry will tell you to keep a journal and i've been guilty myself of at times not keeping a journal and not yeah. not taking enough notes and i've always kicked myself for that because then you're going back and trying to remember and <laughs> you don't know what you're supposed to be doing but right um, right keeping a journal is really the most important thing and I, i'm in pm training now and they mm-hmm. probably told us that a hundred times wow if i said keep a journal keep a journal you won't regret it document everything so th- those are kind of two big jumping off points that will lead you to a successful career at least hopefully you know i'm, I'm yeah. working on it so. fingers crossed i mean it's it's a day-by-day process probably yeah but that's practical those are practical tips for whoever might be listening um whether they're new to the organization new to the industry or they've been here for a while i think that's still something we can we can learn to take notes because it's hard to remember all that's going on um yeah the operations manager is always yelling at me it's uh he sees us in a meeting and someone's saying something that's important he'll be watching me and he'll see me not scribbling anything down or not typing anything on my laptop he's like stop the the meeting connor are you gonna take notes on this or are you just gonna remember You're like, all right, I get it. I start scribbling it down. So uh, he he could be hard on me sometimes about that. But obviously, I understand that it's for uh, my own good because then that way I won't forget. Because if I don't write it down, I will forget it eventually. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I I mean, that's all of us. We need some way of managing all that's going on because there's just, we're multitasking all the time. Um, And of course, you know, you talked about career progression and it, it is such a fascinating subject in and of itself, but I, I'm curious, what's next for you? What do you see as, as the next step in your career? Uh, so luckily, like I said, it's transparent. I've talked about this with the operations manager and with the senior project manager. And um, yeah. I think everyone's kind of on the same page. It's, it's the next step. Right now, my title is project engineer. Mm-hmm. The next step is to move up to project management and start running projects Great. on my own. Um, yeah. It's been, I'm, I'm actually in the MCAA's uh, PIPM, PM mm-hmm. training, and that's been great. It's uh, people from all over the country. We have a class every week, and I'm learning a lot from it. That's awesome. And I know that there's some internal Limbach PM training coming my way yep. pretty shortly. I know it's, it's, it's coming along, so um, yeah. I expect to be put into that shortly, but it's just everyday training, and they're starting to trust me with a little bit more each day so there's uh some projects that they're kind of letting me run point on until something happens i don't know what to do and i can fall back and it's uh it's definitely a role that they're helping me step up into so that's fantastic i'm glad you have that transparency and that clarity um and it and it goes to show that that that's going to help, you know, keep the talented people here when you have those conversations. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do for this company in the future. Thank you. Um, so thanks for being on the show today. But before we close, I have one last question for you. It's called a curveball question. And it's, it's one that is super random. And it, it usually has nothing to do with our topic at all. But it does give us some insight into who you are. Are you ready? Okay. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. What's your most commonly used emoji? Most commonly used emoji. 
Or are you not an emoji user? No, I definitely do send emojis. All right, come on. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'd say probably either just the laughing one or yeah. the thinking one where it has like the little smirk with the, the hand underneath. Yeah. Wait, is it, is it the laughing, like laughing, crying or just like mouth open laughing? No, the crying one. Yeah, that's so good. It's a classic, a classic emoji. It's I'm, always been there. I'm going to definitely make sure that if people don't know what an emoji is, I will I will put this in the podcast uh, description and I'll also share what that looks like so people understand. Um, but thank you, Connor. This has been super insightful. I think um, everybody who's listening is going to be learning a lot about not only the LEMT program, but also about who you are and how we can help um, new grads and people coming into the industry really be successful. So thanks for sharing with us. Of course. Thanks for having me on. It's been great. Beyond the value and versatility of the crying laughing emoji, Connor has shared his heart for this business. It really reminds those who have been here for a long time, as well as those just entering the working world, that relationships are paramount. You can never outgrow them, nor can you outgrow humility, a learning spirit, and an eagerness to professionally develop if you keep those values at the forefront. I'll leave you with that, and we'll catch you next time on LMB Podcast. Curious as to when the next LMB Podcast is coming out? Well, they come out twice a month, usually the second and fourth week. And they come out through the weekly update email. So be checking your email to see when the next podcast is available. Every other podcast includes a trivia question that allows you to be entered in to win cash money to our company store. For more information or any questions you may have, contact learning at limbachinc.com. Thanks for listening.